Hello and welcome to Footlock. Whether you're watching this, the extended version on the audio podcast, or the shortened version where you get to see our lovely faces on YouTube, you're absolutely welcome. And yes, indeed, we do have an audio-only podcast version of this. You can find the Carfection for the Love of Cars podcast anywhere where you get podcasts. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, remember to hit the bell icon to be notified. We already know that if you're watching this, you're one of our biggest fans, and thank you very much for being that. But if you subscribe to the channel and you hit the bell icon, you'll be notified every time we put out a new film. And as far as it makes your life more interesting with great car content, it makes our life slightly better by getting them out to more people. But long overdue already is the introduction of my footlock friend, Mr. Henry Catchpole. Yeah. Hello, how you doing, Drew? Nice um, to have you back. Yes, it's been a little bit, as you mentioned in the, the previous episode where I wasn't here, a bit sporadic. We've had the summer holidays, you've been cycling up and down mountains, presumably because you enjoy it. It doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, partly because I enjoy it, partly because it's work as well. Yes, it's, Henry does uh, write for the two-wheeled non-mechanical variety. I guess bikes are mechanical, though. They just yeah, they're just all mechanical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Bikes. Um, don't know much about them uh they don't have an engine so i don't care but i went to a pool i just sat by the pool in the sun getting apps i've actually got like second degree burns on my shoulders because i think i missed some bits i'm not going to rub after sun into oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's oh no 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 it's not that sort of it's <laughs> beyond that really you know you know that part where you get sun okay we don't need to know this it's really, no. really i feel we've gone too far already it's this okay. early and we're talking about your sunburn it's well not. It's, it's almost it's quite <laughs> just because it's like medical grade injury but anyway as you've probably seen if you are watching this on youtube and i'll have to describe it to you if you're listening to it on the podcast sat in front of us here is a very lovely little oh, Yes, this, this, this whole thing. thing. Oh, hello. <laughs> that uh, I'll bring it up to the microphone so you can actually hear it. That is an award given to us at the International Motor Film Festival for uh, our Porsche GT3 Manual Matters. Manuals matter. Mm. I keep getting that the wrong way around. <laughs> Manuals matter film that uh, Henry wrote and starred in and was shot by our very own George and Charlie and edited by Charlie, won in the best journalism category. Yes, we did. I think a round of yeah. applause would be for that. Hey. Just hey. for me. Um, <laughs> yes, congratulations to the team, but congratulations to you guys. It's, it's a great honor. It's the second year in a row that you've won that award, isn't it? It is, it? yes. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive, actually. <laughs> um, and we, we beat out some, some really, really strong competition. I thought I yeah. definitely thought we were in with a shot this year with that film. We actually had two films up for nomination, the um, uh, Manuals Matter film, which I mentioned, and our 812 the the Super Fast film. Yeah, the shorter one of the two. Both, uh, we'll put links to both in the description. And if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm sure you're seeing some clips right now. Um, but both were fantastic films. But the... I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's worth mentioning again that Manuals Matter film, it, it was a fantastic piece of content. <laughs> I mean, I loved watching it. I, I mean, I wasn't on location, but watching the team go out there and do it was was a lot of fun. And um, uh, it's a great representation of what Corporation can do when it's yeah, it's, it's a film that sort of the, the nice thing is that um, I mean, you guys have been very kind about it. And do you want to put that down so it doesn't? No. I can do uh, so you softly. don't do so softly. Now yeah. you're going to hear Drew for the benefit of the podcast. <laughs> Drew has just put a cup of coffee down without making a booming sound that apparently I did last week by tapping oh, on the table. Yeah, there's <laughs> like a that. slight apology. I wasn't here Sorry. to to admonish me. And yeah, I got, basically I got moderate Henry's yeah. table tapping. So if you were yeah. hearing a, a, a loud thudding noise during the episode, it was that. 
No, I was, I've been a radio professional since I was 15, so I know how to put a coffee cup down. To I, I have table. not been a radio professional since I was 15. Um, anyway, thank you very much for all the comments because and you know, people I've met as well have all said sort of that, that it really struck a chord. So mm. I'm, I'm chuffed a bit. So it's just nice that people, people get it. Manuals do matter. They do matter. Um, <laughs> and yeah, th thank you to everyone involved in the awards for giving it to us. There's quite a yeah. few judges involved. Um, yeah, absolutely. A lot of judges and a lot of really kind of um, impressive people there. So mm. I feel it's, it's just an honor that they've they've watched our, our films. So that's, that was really nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, we beat Top Gear. Um, they had a couple of films and also Car as well. So, yeah. you know, the quality that we were up against is, yeah. Yeah, the her humbling is that the word? I think humbling. humbling you must say yeah. at some point in the, um, the all, sort of awards all acceptance of, speeches. Humbling. All of the films in that category, I think we would have been very happy to have turned in anything of that quality oh, um, yeah. and to have topped out the list is a great honour. Should we put this behind us? Yes, I think we put it out the way. We've been, we've been the the festival itself has been running for about four years. I think that was the fourth uh, one. Fifth, I think. Fifth, fifth one, I think. Yeah, uh, and we've we've put ourselves in for it every single time, and this is. Um, I believe someone's drilling into a wall nearby. We're just going to have to make do with that, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, we've been nominated, I think, every single year it's been in there. Uh, Charlie, before he started working for us, won in the best student category, and Henry won last year with other people. And we're very glad that we've now brought one home for the team. So, yay us. Um, <laughs> but beyond the achievements of the past, we've got a, uh, a another packed episode. We'll be talking about uh, the films that we have... Uh, gone up on the site and the, the shoots that we've been having recently we'll be talking about the motorsports and we'll have a slightly more dramatic than usual um, uh, long-term update uh, which oh yes you, which yeah. you hinted at I, in yeah, the last I forgot, episode I forgot we we're going to talk about that yes yeah. uh, but first let's jump into the news okay so what do you have on the news docket for this well, week well it's it's curious because it's a bit of a slow sort of news period because we've got the Paris Motor Show coming up so Paris and Frankfurt alternate uh, years generally yep. um, there's always Geneva beginning of the year and then it's always Paris or Frankfurt this year it's Paris uh, but obviously the car manufacturers tend to kind of I, I assume sort of hoard their news a little bit or their big reveals sort of in the lead up to it so it's yep. a bit of a slow news week but one of the exciting things, I think, is this. Um, do you see the Integrale, the the new recreation I, Integrale? It feels like it's been the season for a lot of cars, kind of getting because we had the you were talking about the DB5 in yes. the last episode, yeah. Uh, and Integrale is obviously one of those cars that really flares up the imagination of yeah. car people. I had seen some some hints and some talking about it, but fill us in. Yeah, just whisper it. The Integrale wasn't isn't a car that I sort of I like it. I don't have anything against it. I don't sort of you know irrationally hate it, but um, um but this really I. Yeah, I can I can see the appeal in this. So it's by um, Automobili Amos, an Italian coach builder, and yeah, it, it's it's essentially I suppose a bit like a they're a Singer 911 or so a these Porsche are, 911 reimagined by Singer, as yeah. you have to call them. Um, a resto so, mod essentially. Yeah, basically. Um, so a lot of the, the panels have been replaced by carbon fiber panels. They've welded the rear do doors shut. It's all beautifully trimmed inside um, with some sort of um, tan coloured. Alcantara and the Recaro's seats and a bit more. Mm. Um, it, it's just nicely done. I mean, it still looks identical to the other one apart from um, bits of flashes of carbon fibre. Uh, the uprated engine um, puts out 330 brake horsepower, uh, new intake system, uprated intercooler, improved exhaust, um, and a, a new engine boom, as somebody pointed out. Um, so hopefully the electrical gremlins of the original might be overcome well this this is it the the whole idea of these these resto mods and part of the reason why i think they're becoming 
increasingly more and more popular is mm -hmm. that it is so hard for engineers and designers to be able to make cars that look striking and bold because of safety regulations and efficiency and we're all kind of figuring out what the fastest shapes are but yeah. 20 or 30 years ago there was a lot of freedom to design something kind of crazy out there but they're unreliable they're hard to come by <laughs> uh, in good condition so being able to 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 do this We've seen it with, you know, like you were saying with the DB5 before, and we see it with the uh, DB4 GT that Aston yeah. Martin are doing. There's handfuls of Porsche people doing it. Um, Eagle, obviously. Eagle, Alphaholic, do, yeah. do the, the Alphaholics yeah. who do the um, Alpha Romeo rebuilds. It is uh, almost going into a, a golden age with these kind of rec recreations and having the... Integrally yeah, uh, yeah. on that list is is very very exciting indeed. Yeah, they haven't given any sort of um, sort of performance figures or anything for it yet. They're saving that. They said they just wanted to, you know, get over the emotion and sort of mm. you know fire up the imagination first. Although there's one uh, inside, they've shown a picture. There's a button with a it's a red button with a rocket ship on it. Um, a bit like the rocket, I think, from the light car company rocket on the front of that. They haven't said what that does yet, so mm. I'm intrigued to know what that is. Well, um, it's funny that you should bring up the light car company, uh, which was obviously a company. It's almost like we planned that. Uh, which was <laughs> We didn't. Which was Gordon Murray's company, Gordon Murray oh, yes. of Formula One uh, and the McLaren F1 fame, yeah. who uh, a couple of months ago, I may even been almost a year ago now, it feels like a long time ago, uh, unveiled that he's... Uh, his company is being reborn and one of its the key things that it's developing is a new form of manufacturing the mm -hmm. iStream Superlight because um, he's done three versions of this iStream now isn't he? Yes, he's done the original one then he did carbon fibre one and there's then this, this, this lightweight new, is the so the, the what, what has been shown off this week what the news element is is that they've shown off the tub that uses this technology so yeah. it it all been theorised the the actual material that it was going to be made of had been been demonstrated to be strong and that they were going to make the chassis and TVR, the the Griffith, which is going to be starting manufacturing next year, the, the is rebooting. It? Uh, is it? It's TVR, so we never really know what's going to happen with TVR. It's a bit quiet on TVR front. Well, they've only just shown off the the construction of the the the, the tub. I know, I know. It, I'm yeah. sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I know be. people have put money down for one, so they've certainly got people's money. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, Gordon Murray's uh, chassis uses uh, a pressing that uses recycled carbon fiber, and is the word honeycomb in there? Honeycomb somewhere? is in there. So instead of just having pressed panels. There are like two panels with like honeycomb in between. I may be completely oversimplifying it, but it makes it lighter, stronger, uh, better for NVH, and far less prone to rust. These are all good things. Um, and it's flexible enough, apparently, to be used in any kind of body style. The Griffith will be... I think you mean adaptable, not flexible. <laughs> Just to be clear on that. Yes, it's, it's actually the absolute <laughs> opposite Ooh. of flexible. It should be ultra rigid, uh, but also affordable to make. Uh, the the TVR Griffith is obviously kind of like a two seat super GT kind of car. Yeah. Uh, there is word that Gordon Murray might himself be producing something more along the lines of a two seater roadster kind of thing on the same mm -hmm. chassis. But from the from the look of the tub, the pictures that they've shown, it looks fairly adaptable to be any kind of two or even four seat configuration. Uh, and the technology is available for sale to any manufacturer who wants to take it up. I imagine the wider industry wants to see at least one car out in the world I before they so, yeah. start to place any orders. But you can guarantee that anyone who can promise 
a lighter weight, stronger and cheaper to manufacture shell is going to be very, very interesting to all the major manufacturers because, you know, lighter obviously means more fuel efficiency right there and safer is always a good thing. We'll see probably in the next 12 months whether or not it comes to fruition. We all the woes of TVR aside, I think everyone's quite eager to see them put a new car out there. So hopefully we'll see something from that very, very soon. But yeah, so Gordon Murray back in the world of working cars, which has been a while since we've seen. For a man in the 70s, he's been very productive right now. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, Yeah, I saw him actually. um, I was driving back to my parents and I saw him driving through Guildford and he's bought an Alpine A110. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I just, I happened to see it. I saw the the car first, looked across, oh, it's Gordon. I'd say that's one of the best endorsements that car can have. When someone like, someone... And he's a, he's quite picky in what he does and doesn't quite, like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. So for yeah. him to pick up that car, I think it fully endorses that brand. Absolutely. Alpine should so. maybe approach him for a more official thumbs up. Um, <laughs> right. What else do we have in the news docket? Uh, there's been a few new 911 spy shots out there. So Porsche hasn't you know officially said anything, but uh, we've we've seen cars less and less disguised mm-hmm. um, out there on, around the Nurburgring. So that looks like a 911 really yes so we're currently in the 991.2 generation so will this be a a development of that or will this be a whole new no this will be a whole new this will be the the 992 as people have been calling it whether it actually will be end up being called 992 I don't know but if anyone um, has deciphered Porsche's reason for calling them the the, the numbers that they've associated (laughs) with it please Um, let us know on Twitter at Carfection we'd be very eager to find out because I certainly don't have a clue the thing I like about the look of it which looks very much is the you can see across the rear deck it's now got a full width rear wing or spoiler um, which moves up and down and when it's up it it looks because I always think the, the standard spoiler on a 911 just looks a bit there's been a long, a long just... history of the spoilers of 911 looking various combinations of stuck on erupting from the back it, it can just be when they when they move up they just don't look very good but this one now i think looks that's and, pretty cool so and that's for all intents and purposes looks like it will be on the standard carrera yeah i think so yeah okay yeah um there's the other chat seems to be about obviously which variants we're going to get and whether there's going to be a hybrid uh in the standard lineup or further up the range or or a mid-engine tool or sort of no i don't think there's any any talk of that um at the moment but um yeah the new gt3 people are sort of questioning oh is that going to go turbocharged i've seen lots of chat about that i can't see that whilst preuninger is there because he has always sworn that whilst he's there there will be a naturally aspirated petrol gt3 so but never say never i suppose no, if it's spy shot time now, we probably won't expect to see any official announcements for quite some time. It's so. probably time over Paris, won't it? So. Mm, yeah, so we'll there see. We we'll see. Hopefully, if there's uh, some news there, the, uh, the thing is, even even if it's shown off at Paris, they'll just call it the new 911. So yeah. we might still have to dig a bit deeper into what people like us actually refer to it as. Yes, but there you there go. Uh, other news? Uh, do you see the life-size Lego? We've got the up yes. There. So is that, which has got, how many pieces that that's got? Um, well, you built it. 2,000. Uh, 3,599 piece. Yeah. Share on that you and built. And that took a while. Um, and they've built one with over a million pieces that's actually full one-to-one scale. And Andy Wallace drove it. <laughs> Did he? 12 miles an hour down Aero Lessing. <laughs> Booking out Aero Lessing for that, I mean, sort of, you know, nice, you know, 
thing to do because obviously that's where the Shiran sets its, um, or Veyron has set its top speed runs, but 12 miles an hour at area less. I mean, that must be the slowest anything's ever gone there, I should think. I imagine so, but it's, it, that must be the single most uncomfortable thing to sit in <laughs> in the world. I mean, if you've ever sat on a Lego brick, um, it's not the most pleasant experience can, in the world. Do you imagine he had pedals and you just put his foot on it? Ow! Yeah. Ow! Ow, it's probably why I can get up to more than 12 miles an hour because it was all you could sort of, you know, just gingy. Ow! But, and that was sort of as fast as you could go. What powered it? Uh, so actual Lego motors. So what are they called there? Uh, the, it had 2,304 Lego power function motors. And then over so it was four, electric? Yeah. An all-electric Chiron. Yeah. There you go, the world's first electric Chiron. Over 4,000 Lego Technic gear wheels um, in its <laughs> transmission. So, yeah. so it didn't actually have pistons and drivetrain and, no, and, and no, so, but it actually so. did well, it did run which actually weirdly had a removable steering wheel <laughs> weirdly that makes the engine in the lego technic chiron more accurate than the engine that's in the one that yes. actually moved and was at yeah. one to one because yeah. there are actually 16 cylinders in that yep. with the drivetrain and a gearbox and you can select forward and backwards yeah. but still that must have that's pretty cool that's it, had, obviously had, it had actual real chiron wheels on it um, so trying to, I would have been quite cool if they'd done specific Lego. Given that Lego is the world's largest tire manufacturer, that would have been quite funny. Is it really? Yeah, because yeah. it makes so yeah. many yep. little rubber tires. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it is. And really thought of it. in the same way that uh, McDonald's is the world's largest toy manufacturer. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, for all its Happy Meals. Yes, that's right. Mm, well. But yeah, so it had real. God, that must have been the heaviest part of the car. Actual yeah. Chiron alloys and tires and yeah. wheels. Maybe it actually needed that as well because all that Lego must have weighed quite a bit. If you then put all that weight on Lego Well, no, wheels. apparently it, w- it weighs um, 1,500 kilos. So that's it's, not it's half a ton lighter than a standard, uh, an actual Chiron. Yes, but that's made of standard metal. <laughs> the standard, like, this is an option. If you would it like your... It weighs You can have the kilos. bare carbon fiber option or the Lego option. <laughs> That that's as much as a good sized car. So it only yeah. it only saved five hundred kilos yeah. by making it out of plastic bricks as opposed to metal, which goes to show probably how light they've made the Chiron because they've it's only five hundred mm. kilos heavier than if you'd made it out of lightweight plastic <laughs> with no sense of rigidity. Oh, God, can you imagine trying to like it would. Don't try, don't, no, don't try and imagine. No, it's no, mind-boggling. No, yeah. Well, next time you speak to uh, Andy Wallace, yeah, you might just find out what it's actually like. Get a dynamic comparison between the standard <laughs> Chiron <laughs> and the Lego Chiron to see exactly what the. Uh, I imagine it would be quite brief. But, uh, yes. Well, uh, speaking of cars on tracks, this one going slightly quicker and hopefully not made of Lego. Um, there have been attempts at and rumors of a mid-engine Corvette for the last 20 odd years mm-hmm. plus uh, and there have been concepts I think it was the it was CERV uh, concept they did they, they showed it off uh, right around the time when um, probably the early 90s actually it's cl- almost close to 30 years ago the concepts that um, that Corvette had put out things that going up against stuff like the uh, NSX like that kind of right. form factor around that time um, but it finally looks like it's going to be a reality and the car has been in camel testing at the Nürburgring, which surely is an indication that uh, it's very much on its way. doesn't really look a huge amount like the standard uh, Corvette, which obviously has a huge, like, long, uh, you know, front 
front uh, front engine rear wheel drive <laughs> setup. Yeah, long bonnet, uh, uh, short rear overhang. This looks obviously more mid-engine supercar-like. Uh, but we could actually get that, an actual mid-engined super sports car out of the USA, which it's is cool, quite exciting it? in its own right. Yeah, the, yeah. the C7 Corvette, when that came in, was it four or five years ago, uh, got me excited about Corvettes again. So this could really put Corvette in amongst some very interesting uh, competition. So we'll be keeping track of uh, of that as it it's comes It's interesting on. as it is. Should they be doing it? Should, should you know, are there certain things that are sacrosanct, you know, that, you know the, the way that the 911 is rear-engined? Yeah. Should the Corvette be this brutal front-engine well, rear-drive car? Yeah, well, you say that the 911... Yes, 911 was rear-engined, is still rear-engined. All 911 should be rear-engined. That's fine. But then there's also the Cayman and the Boxster, which take a lot of the same principles and then put it in. Think of Corvette not as the Corvette, but think of Corvette as the brand. And you have the Stingray mm -hmm. or the C7. That's the front-engine Corvette. And you have whatever this is going to be called as the mid-engine Corvette. It, as long as you don't think of Corvette as the actual model name, and you think of the the C1, C2 as the, I, as I suppose that's things. what I'm getting at. Though is is the C7 going to be replaced oh, by I, this mid-engined thing? I don't think that you for the and it, Corvettes are an American car for an American audience, and yeah. it's, it's, as they're hard to get outside of the US in any, especially because um, yeah. Chevrolet's pulled out of Europe entirely. Um, the front-engined rear-wheel drive setup is far more exactly what americans want from yeah. from a car it's a great traditional way of putting power down mid-engine cars are for those americans who don't who have a lot more money so i can imagine the price point will be higher and who have been looking at mclarens and ferraris um and want that supercar feel and american supercar with the Corvette name attached to it, that ticks a lot of boxes for yeah. the, the, the higher Absolutely. wealthy. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, I, I think it's definitely something they should be doing. I think yeah. like American engineering is far from the kind of the parody of itself it had been for a lot of the 20th century, where engines were eight times the size of European equivalents and getting a fraction of the horsepower. Mm. They're getting much better. You know, the technologies are all being shared across the world. And this is the, the next step in that. And it won't be the the realm of the, the smaller... Uh, smaller production houses who are doing these like one-off things like um the uh the, the hennessy's of these oh, world, yes, this world yes, who are, yeah, who are, who are yeah. taking and hopefully and hopefully they'll cars. build rather more of them than ford did the ford gt sort of well exactly so, for yeah. with the ford and the success of the gt just the 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 international re renownedness of that car forgetting obviously ford is is, is of course american mm. um coming on to that actually so ford slightly scraping the barrel in terms of news but um like i said there wasn't much they've there was this the mac one which is um they're going to be their all-electric car inspired by it's an su in start that again it's an suv inspired by the mustang i mean the i'm, I'm kind of tempted just to leave it at that and just let people yeah. just let that wash over people if you're a fan of mustangs <laughs> that, that, that must hurt to a certain degree I mean, uh, we, we've seen that before where companies have taken these great names of the past and just kind of plopped, plopped it on things yeah. and, and go like there you go it's like having a mccann gts Named from the past, plucked and then just yeah. given to cars that don't necessarily deserve it. But yeah, a Mac One Ford SUV. I just don't think that will please yeah. anyone. I don't think the people who are buying an SUV care about the Mac One heritage, and the people who care about the Mac One heritage aren't going to want to see that name on an SUV. No. Anyway, there we go. Just side.
drop that in there. Moving on to sport. Yes, motorsport news. Motorsport, yeah. So there, uh, we've been away for a couple of weeks, so we've missed a couple of races. You talked about the, um, was it the Bel- Belgian Grand Prix? Yeah, You're talking about Spa. Yeah. And since then, we've also had the Italian Grand Prix. We have, yes. Which yeah. uh, was fastest lap in F1 history for Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi Raikkonen qualified on pole. Really, really excited. Uh, couldn't quite make it stick. Um uh, for the finish, and Lewis Hamilton managed to extend his lead. Um, Much to the delight of the Italian crowd, obviously. Most booed driver in history. I mean, if you're going to win anywhere as a as an Italian team, that's your place to do it. And to have Lewis Hamilton pip him at the post, what, nine laps to go, is um, yeah. it's never going to please everyone there. But um, speaking of Kimi, that, that's kind of more what I wanted to talk about because the driver lineup for 2019 is beginning to solidify mm. and i've actually had to go and print this off because uh, I'll, I'll definitely forget some so the first big change was that was confirmed i guess was red bull mm-hmm. well it doesn't arbitrary what order it's in but red bull probably the most shocking to me and i think probably to the wider f1 audience as well is that um pierre gasly is going to replace danny ricardo at uh, at Red Bull because Danny Ricardo decided not to re-sign. I think the offer was on the table. Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, and as one of the most... Because Ricardo going to Renault. Yeah, to, to Renault, who have quite openly said that they don't expect to be competitive for the next couple of years. Now, it's a team with pedigree. They, what, last won the Drivers' Championship 2003? 2005? Last good decision Alonso made in terms of which team to go to, basically. Yes. Um... <laughs> So that's, but you know, Renault have you know they're a roller coaster ride of a team. They they were yeah. at the top before. There's no reason why they can't come that, back again. It, it smacks a bit of the um, yeah the Lewis Hamilton. Uh, what are you doing leaving McLaren and going going to this Mercedes team that hasn't really shown much? And look how that turned out. So you never know. Turns out to have been quite a good decision. Exactly. After. Yeah. Um, Max Verstappen is obviously staying put. Yep. Um, and Raikkonen is. Uh, we first heard that uh, Charles Leclerc would be replacing. Um, uh, well, it was going to be signed at Ferrari. Uh, wasn't confirmed that uh, Kimi was going to leave. That now has been confirmed. And, and Kimi found out at, at Monza. He found out at Monza. Yeah, it wasn't his decision to leave. <sighs> Did he find out during the race? Or <laughs> is it with nine, <laughs> well, laps, nine to laps to go? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Kimi, we're not going to resign you for next year. Oh, okay, put off the gas. Uh, no, that seems to be... Um, leave me alone, I'm going to Sauber. Sauber, yeah. I um, Where he started his career. Yes. Which actually isn't Kimi the oldest driver on the grid? Yeah, yeah. Um, he raced against Jos Verstappen <laughs> at the end of Jos's career, so he's both raced against junior and senior of the same family. At, at some point, that has to kind of ring a bell. Going, I've been doing this a long time, haven't <laughs> I? He does not look his age. I still think he looks younger than I do, uh, and I party a fraction of the amount that. <laughs> He has in his lifetime. I think that kind of um, Finnish stoic, uh, stoic nature has kind of kept stoicism. him from... Stoicism. Stoicism, that's one, stoic nature. Mm. But that has prevented him from smiling too much, which is, so he hasn't got as many laugh lines. Perfect porcelain skin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's maybe uh, keeping the um, the aging process at bay. But Sauber, Sauber are one of those teams that just kind of be somewhere at the back of the grid that you don't really pay too much attention yeah, to. Yeah, it's all right this year. Yeah, yeah. it would look like... Um, Ferrari well engines, car. exactly. Yeah, yeah, but last year Ferrari engine. So, yeah, but you, he clearly just wants to still be in F one and enjoys driving. I mean, he might, he know. might be a bit more relaxed back there. You can have a bit yeah. more fun and 
anything that you do do is far more noted than anything you fail to do at the front, as what, as what happened uh, in Italy. Um, Force India has been has had its financial woes. Looks like it will be bought by Daddy Stroll. Yeah, it has been. Has it? been, I think, already. Um, and then all the contracts are kind of up in the air because obviously Lance Stroll, who hasn't been great. Um, might move hasn't been crush. terrible either. No, he sort of. I think there was. He, he, got, he took a lot of stick, didn't he? he? Well, because it's presumed that he got the ride he did yeah. because of because what of he did. that as well. Yeah, yeah, but there are other drivers on the grid have done the same. Obviously, yeah. Max wouldn't have got his seat without uh, the connection to his dad. Um, but hadn't really. Made, well, if your dad owns the team, it seems very unlikely that you won't yeah. be racing for that team. But nothing's confirmed on that end. McLaren. Full check driver change. Yep. So out are uh, Stoffel and Alonso, Alonso who's yeah. retiring, who will presumably see crop up in something like IndyCar. Yeah, it looks like he's going to IndyCar, doesn't it? It seems very unfair that Stoffel is Caught out. Out, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I can't help but feel that he, you know, he's done it extraordinarily well all the way through um, the junior ranks. Uh, he's clearly a very, very talented driver. Alonso has this sort of, you know pretty sure Alonso has a certain way he wants a car set up yeah um which is specific to him it was always the way he got you know he's very good at getting the best from cars um you remember early in the career you know understeer that he has, had built into seemingly built into the cars or found that, that was the best way to get um the speed from them you just think that McLaren has to have been built around what Alonso wanted it's not going to have been oh Stoffel is there anything you'd particularly like oh thanks for the input okay yeah. we're going to go with what Alonso wants so and getting, we've seen it a lot in um, WRC this year that actually the drivers that are sort of, you know, the, the, the principal drivers will get the cars set up pretty much for them. And other drivers, well, here you are, you've got to try and make it work for you. And, and, yeah. and there are different, you know, people have different driving styles. I remember Nish talking about sort of, you know, in the Le Mans, how the different drivers within the same team in the same car would get, you know, very, very close to the same lap time with completely different styles to be honest going into the corner sort of or you know where you chose to make up your time so whether you were particularly good on the brakes going into the corner or whether you carried more mid-corner speed or whether you were particularly good on the exit yeah um and you just think that Stoffel de deserves another chance sort of with another car that may suit him better i mean sure you find you have to be adaptable but i can't help but think that alonso potentially has a very particular style or way he wants a car to to be and that just might not have suited Stoffel yeah I mean chalk Stoffel up as one of the victims of the way F1 works I guess there's been yeah. many over the years who've come close and who frankly have been given chances and haven't haven't necessarily having the right chance at the right time with the right team and maybe maybe Stoffel is one of those I know uh, from what I've heard he's very dedicated to getting better yeah. uh, but unfortunately he won't be doing that next year with um, McLaren, who instead no. are bringing on Lando Norris. Uh, uh, this is the big worry because Lando is obviously again been like Stoffel van Dorn, fantastic on the way up. Is mm. he's a very young guy? Um, he's brilliant on social media. Follow him on um, Twitter. Uh, he's he's yeah Active. very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, really funny. And um, but yeah, you you just you worry that um, same might happen to him. Obviously, it's not the Alonso. No. Um, and barrier there so because the it won't but. other driver is carlos Sainz, who is coming across to uh mclaren so it'll be an all-new mclaren 
I mean, to be fair, the team can afford to experiment a bit more because yeah. it's not like they're challenging anyone for um, any kind of win. Yeah. Um, Toro Rosso is still trying to fill its other gap. Brendan Hartley is staying put. Uh, is he? Yeah. Oh, well, as far as we know, he hasn't signed yet, but I think he might I'm be I'm delighted if he is, but yeah. But it, it, yeah. Not the luckiest. All the, all the rumors were that not, he was not the halfway through this season. So. Yeah. Um, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen staying at Haas. Uh, Danny Ricciardo obviously coming on with Nico Hülkenberg at Renault and Kimi Raikkonen joining Marcus Ericsson at um, Sauber, uh, which rounds off generally where we think there might still be a bit of shuffling around the fringes. But um, essentially, we're still going to be looking next year in all likelihood at Vettel and because uh, Mercedes obviously staying the same. Uh, uh, we're going to see Lewis and, and Sebastian duking it out again next year. Uh, and I had something the other day. So I think it's twenty third April 2013 was the last time a car other than a McLaren, Ferrari or Red Bull won a Grand Prix. How wow. De- how depressing is that? 2013? Yeah. Five years? Over five years? And who was that? I, d- I don't know so long ago that nobody can remember was it a Toro Rosso <laughs> probably yes um, well we've got the was it the 2021 rule changes coming in but it now doesn't look like that's going to build in this because exa- the teams get a say as a kind of a hangover from the, the Bernie era they, they're kind of not quite letting all the changes go through that that uh, Liberty would have wanted so it's not going to be as radical a change mm-hmm. to the lineup. so we're not as likely to see many more small companies coming and pop up from underneath. We have to see what change that is, but it looks like between the 2019 and the 2020 season that we might not necessarily see that much changing around the top two or three teams. Yeah. Which is a shame. Uh, yeah. And hopefully that will change in the long run. But uh, for now, that's where we are. Was there anything? Outside of Formula One, on the motorsport side, <laughs> we've been on the. Well, I was going to quickly say because we've heard today or yesterday uh, that Sky is going to allow C Channel Four to broadcast the British Grand Prix and then uh, highlights from the other Grand Prix uh, on Channel Four. Uh, because previously, I think next year we were going to be purely behind a paywall um, for F1 coverage, um, which well yeah would have been disastrous frankly I'd have thought so it's very good news that that's mm. happening however I've come up with a solution because frankly much as I like F1 sort of more historically than anything else yeah. best racing I've seen in a long time was Goodwood Revival right yes and you uh, attended the Revival I did yes but weekend. in fact the best race I saw was uh, the f- I went on the Saturday and when I was home on the Sunday I watched the live feed and the very last race of the weekend was fantastic um, it was um, basically Phil Keane in a listed Jaguar Nobly. Um, That's on the most pole. British sounding name for a car, yeah, isn't it? That's great, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we'll try some of the new um, listers, actually, because they look quite good, don't they? Yeah. Um, but he started from the pit lane. Uh, he was on pole, went around green frag lap, and frag lap? Flag lap. And he had a sticking throttle, wheeled back in pit lane, did another green flag lap, and then he set off at the back, and 
Panthers win, basically. But it, you didn't sort of see that until about halfway through the race. You were watching the battles at the front, and then you suddenly realised, hang on a minute, he's he's gaining on me. Could he do this? Could he do this? And uh, uh, he really did. And, but just watching the cars moving around, the racing that's going that on, speed, the, the different wheel battles. to wheel, yeah, yeah. Um, and but just seeing the drivers working, seeing the cars moving, seeing you know different sorts of cars being hustled in different sorts of ways was fantastic and brilliant and you don't really care that the speed might not be you know it's a fraction of what an f1 car's got i don't care it, no. it just it's doesn't relative. matter it, it's it, the exactly it really yeah. really doesn't matter and then you watch things like um you see really good performances sort of people outperforming potentially the, the or cars outperforming what they should do so uh saw the skewed rear bear the dk engineering um gt40 up where it shouldn't have been um and um, being driven extremely quickly by James Cottingham, that was that was brilliant, and he, yeah, what a fantastic weekend of racing! I hadn't been there for ten years. I went to the original revival twenty years ago, and then subsequently, sort of a few after that. And um, it was it was lovely going back and actually sort of yes, it's become more commercialised and that sort of thing. But it's still an amazing thing to to walk into and just see this sort of film set like mm. atmosphere that they've they've created. So um, were you dressed up? I was yes, absolutely. Yeah. I dressed up for that very first year as well when they sort of said we're encouraging people to. We turned up sort of you know went with my parents and you know it's just a case of putting a blazer and a flat cap on or something like that. But you sort of went there thinking oh, it's going to be really awkward sort of you know everyone's been to a fast dress party and sort of had that that moment of questioning doubt as you're sitting on the tube or in the car going it was fancy dress wasn't it yeah. as, you, as, you, as you look down <laughs> at your whole Hawaiian skirt and sort of think this is, it sounds yeah, like it's a, a literal wrong. example of um, your life well actually no because I did uh, it was a trick that we played on a flatmate at university and told them a party was fancy dress and it was Hawaiian themed and gave him a Hawaiian skirt and then he rocked up to the party with black tie um, in a Hawaiian skirt. Wow, um, you're that guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Simon. Um, <laughs> still sorry. Um, he didn't take it as well as we thought he might. No, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm completely in Simon's camp for that one. Team Simon. We were students for crying out loud. Um, uh, but anyway... Um, yes, I did, did dress up, so I had, a, um, had some tweed on, and um, we'll probably put a photo up if people want to see what. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would. And um, a bow tie. Were there were there fairly eccentric people who went all out? Oh yes, yeah, quite a lot of people go. Well, and, and this is the thing. Um, it's my <laughs> my parents who my mother actually went to the last um, one of the very last uh, Goodwood meetings when it was um, back in the 60s, um, and they sort of said it's, it's over the years obviously become people are wearing it's become fancy dress and people wear nothing like the sort of clothes that would actually have been worn to a yeah. race meeting back in the day but um, it's sort of completely over the top but equally it's, it's wonderful to see so. nostalgia does that it kind of changes your, yeah. your your memory of how yeah. things were yeah. um, so anyway I, I figure the next next year I'm just going to save up all the races and hopefully sort of find there must be sort of live the live feed was obviously recorded and was very very good actually from the weekend um, apart from showing replays of accidents before you've seen the driver get out of the car, which I don't like and think they shouldn't have done. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully find those. The races I didn't manage to see, I'd like to sort of just save them up and sort mm. of drip feed them through the year so I can get to watch them some more instead of watching F1. Well, yeah, yeah, motorsport doesn't have to be the cutting edge of engineering. It could also be a page from yesteryear and some genuinely exciting wheel-to-wheel with, frankly, cars that are just as expensive as, in some <laughs> yeah, cases yeah, as a brand-new Formula One car. Yeah. Um, was there anything on the on the rally front? Uh, rally front, we've got Turkey this weekend, uh, which is going to be a very, very rough rally. Um, everyone's having to make new, new notes for that, so that will be 
interesting to see. Uh, we don't know what's happening next year really with um, Ogier, whether he's going to um, stay where he is at Ford or whether Citroen's still trying to woo him or what different things that might may throw up. So uh, I think Latvill is out of contract as well. So whether he'll stay at Toyota or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, there could be a few sort of movements around around that and whether Meek is going to sort of mm. reappear potentially in another team that's obviously something that could happen because he's he's still a, a top flight driver that some teams could probably probably do with really um, so yeah nothing sort of much to update but it's it's uh, interesting coming into this fairly busy last half of the uh, last section of the season yeah and three drivers still in contention so yeah Exciting times ahead. Right, now exciting times on the channel as well as we've got quite a lot of stuff coming up. Um, shoots that we've been on recently. Now you and uh, Charlie have just come back from Hungary. Yes. Uh, driving the McLaren 600 LT. Now that is under embargo for driving impressions. Yep. Uh, what can you tell us about the car? I don't know. It's the first time you've like seen I... it in the metal. It is, what yes. What did you think of it looks wise? You really like it, don't you? I do. I saw it in a studio a couple of months ago uh, and had it right next to a 675LT. Mm. And next to it, I found that the 675LT looked underdesigned. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I'm the opposite. I think the 675LT looks beautifully sort of clean and yeah. sort of pure. And I, I really like that look uh, more than the slightly fussier look of the... Um, 600 LT. So it's 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 subjective then as to like it's it's definitely a change and and it's it's got, I, I just really like the sculpted rear half of it completely and the the new placement of the uh, uh, and of you're the allowed to and yeah. allowed to yes. yeah top X exhausts yeah they look cool which is great it feels like that it's almost like evolution you know how you like you see like fish as like the <laughs> eyes have come around the head at some point it's like very slowly the exhausts are moving up for a while they were always right at the middle which if you're going to film a mclaren is right the worst place to have it because they're pointing yeah. directly at your face <laughs> if you're behind it filming it but they've now gone up and on top um i, I think it looked really really exciting and to have the advancement of the lt name as almost like a performance sub-brand within mclaren is quite exciting as well so now you can get excited about the sports series kind of twice around and the super series yeah. twice around um so that um, I'm, I'm really excited of we'll have the film uh and a write-up which will be on the website uh, which you can find at carfection.com on the 24th or 26 26th sorry of september uh, of this month so not too long uh two weeks or so less yeah. um up on the channel uh presumably quite a few people will be dropping their content on the same day but you're going to want to watch ours because you know <laughs> it's the best um and find out then exactly what henry thinks of the 600 lt um uh, but for now i'm sure we can show uh a picture or two that we've had of the car on location just to kind of whet your appetite uh on the other end of the scale you were looking at some defenders earlier in the week as well yes yeah when um, so uh, regular watchers or listeners to this will might remember the uh, defender that uh, we showed from ach classic yeah um which was the sort of almost you described it as like a singer of um defenders really yeah it's what it felt like a really high quality back you know back to scratch and rebuild up in the yeah. best possible the, yeah. the car that Land Rover never could have made in the first place exactly yes yeah. so uh, we went up there did a bit of a sort of 
um, film just looking around that car and uh, the other things that they happen to have on site. But we then did a film also on something... Sorry. Is that your phone? It was my phone. You've been a radio professional since you're 15 right there. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. There were no uh, more <laughs> phones when I was 15. I'm <laughs> <laughs> that old. Was it your pager going off then? Was it? No, <laughs> I, I, I definitely didn't even have a pager. There was a phone in the other room mounted to a wall, and that was our only form of communication, anyway, apart from the radio. Back to the six-wheeled Defender fire engine. That sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly, yeah. How cool is that? So we, um, yeah, I got to go out and drive that, and we got Dave to talk us around it and just lift up all the lockers and look at the pump in the back and put the lights up and down and um, turn the lights on and stuff. So, yeah, it was that was really good fun. Um, so have a look at that because I don't think you'll find that anywhere else. That will, um, be, that will be coming to the channel very, very soon. And you crammed in another film while you were there. Oh, did, yes. Yeah, yes. we had a look, quick look at my um, uh, Mark II Escort, which yes. uh, lives up there and should hopefully be... Um, uh, yeah, we've, we've ordered up some parts for it and bits and bobs and we'll try and get the electrics slightly more reliable. And yeah, there's there's various things that need doing to it, but uh, I'm going to actually finally start hopefully getting it into some sort of order so that it can be rallied and we'll we'll hopefully do, a, if, be, 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 if people are interested, then um, we'll do some films on, on that and how it progresses and then when we go rallying it. So, yeah. Well, we actually did get a question. We put... Um you're probably watching this on the Saturday or listening to the audio podcast on the Friday, and we're recording this on Thursday. I put out a Instagram story and put up a question where people are asking for questions, and the first question we got in is when we're going to do a film on your escort. <laughs> so if you are interested in seeing um, a series of films of the the kind of the, the the rebuild, development, and eventually the rallying of Henry's escort, uh, please let us know. Stay um, tuned. Yeah, uh, let us know in the, the comments uh, below on YouTube if you're watching us there or indeed get in touch with us on Twitter at Carfection. Drop us a note. It always helps us shape what we what we do if we know that you're interested in watching it. Um, that is brilliant. Uh, speaking of Instagram, let me just jump on quickly because we had a bunch of questions come in. I set out. Oh, really? um, yeah, I, you know, people mm. are actually responding to it. Um, any plans on having a meetup? Someone is asking. A meetup? A meetup. I don't know if you really want to meet us in person. I would, I, we might shatter the illusion that we're uh, friendly people. I'm very short in real life. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have them sat on 18 different phone books just to bring them up to this level. Um, no, I, we might do. Uh, will your new hair feature in the recent films or is it a footlock exclusive? I think you might be talking about my hair. Yeah, my hair hasn't changed. So No, yours just gets slightly bushier it goes, it and then it's bigger, 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 bigger. No, uh, this is basically what happens when I don't do anything to my hair. Um, no, you didn't get out of bed like that, surely. Oh, no, I didn't, I, no, <laughs> I didn't get out of bed like that. I had a shower and washed my hair, and if it just dries, it just f falls forward, and I just brushed it off my face. But uh, we put questions like that up on our Instagram feed all the time, and if you follow our Instagram feed, at Carfection Films, you can jump in and ask us questions as well, and it will help us shape the content that we do in the future. Um, I can't believe we talked about your sunburn and your hair on this podcast. <laughs> my channel, my rules. Um, <laughs> your train set. Yes. Uh, we have some films coming up soon to the channel on Audis. I've been out driving the new Q8, and I also drove the A8. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I we took both of them out at night in London. I'm sure we can show you a shot from that where we had... Uh, we, we actually had... Um, 
we found a great location. Uh, we had a location that we wanted to film at in London, which would have had a great view of a uh, kind of Canary Wharf from the background. Oh, another from, one. Yep. Yeah, from the south side mm-hmm. of the river. And then it was locked. We couldn't get in. So we found we had to find another place. And we, we ended up finding a great location with a great view. We got some stunning stills um, there as well, which we'll, which we'll put up on the on. Are, which are up on, on, on Instagram, but we'll, we'll show you here on the YouTube version as well. Um, but because we were shooting at night, it got more and more kind of dodgy around that area. It was a fairly nice part of town, but the longer we stayed there, like these cars started creeping up to where we were, and these guys were just sat in their car watching us film, and then they're just kind of like laughing kind of maniacally. And we were like, should we just wrap here and go somewhere else? And then we went to, into a McDonald's to um, grab a coffee, and it looks like they'd followed us into the car park, so it was getting a little bit hairy. Uh, mm. Luckily, they got bored and drove off eventually. But um, yeah, sometimes see that's why I'm also slightly wary of meetups because some of you might be crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you just called our watches and this oh, no, no. crazy. Call them crazy. I said there's a chance that some of them might be. Probably no more than us. So. Well, yeah. indeed. Um, so we've got that coming up, which should be uh, fun. And coming very, very soon to the channel, we have the last two episodes of our series where we've been following Mike Channel yeah. on his racing series. He took part in the GRDC Janetta entry-level uh, racing series for novices, people who've never raced before. Uh, and if you've been following the series from uh, the beginning of the year, or we started filming at the beginning of the year, um, it's been quite a roller coaster because he literally started on his first track day with us putting his car in the wall uh, at Castle Coombe. Uh, he was, no one uh, was injured, thankfully. A lot of damage to the car, though. And from that, we've now been through to his last race. Uh, I went and attended his last race uh, weekend, which was a lot of fun. I'm not going to spoil it for you how it ends. But we now have the entire series caught on film. We've got the last couple of episodes coming out on that very, very soon. Um, were there any other shoots? Yes, you Hurricane. How did I forget? Because yeah. I was on holiday and I wasn't there. <laughs> we have another Lamborghini film in the can, so tell us all about it. Uh, well, it's the Hurricane Performante Spider um, in bright yellow. Of course, it's a Lamborghini. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of the premise. That's the premise. So you've driven the the coupe version of the Performante, which set the record at the Nurburgring mm, uh, when it came out. It doesn't have the benefit uh, that the McLaren supercars have of the tub being built around a convertible ready platform. Nope. So now we have a high-performance version mm-hmm. of a car that has now had to be re-engineered as a convertible. Yes. What does that end result give you i kind of don't want to give the film away because that's basically obviously (laughs) pretty much the question isn't it so um i mean i can tell you it adds about 125 kilos to the car yeah um it it is still pretty good to to drive actually it's not a sort of um, a wobbly mess like some of the ferraris can be um or have been in the past uh so yeah it still sounds great you get the roof down that what's the engine it's v10 so yeah, it's it's that it's a naturally that aspirated, naturally V10. aspirated V10, which is God bless Lamborghini, indeed, and their yes. crazy, crazy engines. That will be coming to the channel very, very soon, and I'm reliably informed that it looks fantastic. In fact, the was that the one where you almost got chased away by a farmer? Was that that shoot? No, well, we we had a discussion with a farmer who turned up in his tractor, and um, uh, we ended up yeah being able to use 
bits of his access road and stuff as well. So that was Thank that was really that good. Farmer. So, Very um, kind indeed. So yeah, and um, he showed us his sheep sheds as well. If that's the price you had to pay for using his land, I think you got off lightly. <laughs> um, now, it's not always about supercars. Uh, we uh, also have our reliable long-termer, uh, and you hinted at it in the last episode of Footlock, but you're mm-hmm. going to fill in... Yeah, because uh, the, the long-termer was actually on our um, Lamborghini shoot. I did, mm-hmm. I, did, I did a little bit of um, behind-the-scenes footage with, oh. it, with it, so you can probably see that now. Excellent. Uh, and it has... our. Our Disco Sport has been a, a reliable companion on location for quite a while this year. And somebody did ask actually in the comments uh, below because we did a roundup of the last six months, sort of, yeah, um, which has been up on the channel, so you can have a look at that. Um, and somebody said, "Has it been reliable?" Because there are obviously lots of stories about JLRs not being particularly reliable. Mm. Um, and yeah, from what we can say from R1, it has been. We, no, really no, reliable. There's no, been a couple of electrical glitches in terms of just like the um, the way the infotainment very occasionally does something odd, but then resets itself, turn it off, turn it on again. It's been fine, and that's literally mm. been that's been it, isn't it? No, and the only uh, problems that we've had with it have been inflicted upon it. Yes, yes. So this was the um, I mentioned it very last week. Uh, it had to go back to JLR because somebody ran into me on the M25. Yay! Traffic traffic slowing, traffic stops. I stopped. person behind me did not stop. I had enough time to look in the rearview mirror and see this car um, bearing down on me and there was nowhere for me to go. So um, I will say it was a couple of things. A, the car stood up extremely well. I was able to actually drive it away um, from the, I saw the, the car picture behind. and it did not look, it looked like you had backed into a post. Yeah. It did not look like it had been re-rendered at speed. Uh, no. Um, so that was extremely impressive. The sort of test I, you know, it was the first road traffic accident I've ever been involved in. Um, and it wasn't, wasn't particularly nice and not something I will care to repeat, frankly. Yeah. But I was very impressed with how um, the Disco Sport stood up to it. Um, the other thing was, um, so rear-ended, bang, oof sitting there first thing you hear is uh, hello sir are you all right or no hello are you all right and i'm thinking blimey perhaps the impact was harder than i thought and <laughs> the, sort of, you know the driver's just, in the car uh, with you yeah now, quite yeah. and i was in the car on my own at the, um, that point um do you require police fire or ambulance um and it was the um, sos thing really? in the car which so i've obviously there's no reason but it detects you've had an accident and um automatically calls a service center somewhere call center um and so i i talked them through the next probably 20 minutes or whatever really? uh, whilst i was getting the car off the um motorway as well um saying exactly what it was and Obviously, they've called directly into the car called directly into the car so it just comes through a speaker system you don't have to do it it's not reliant on your phone being in the car or anything either uh and yeah it was you tell them exactly where where it's taken place where yeah. it's all um all is and uh, i thought that was that was very impressive actually so you didn't have to call anyone else no. the emergency services it was all no, it like was all, all through that in-car system yeah, all, all done that so yeah that was that was very impressive and presumably indeed. all around no one was hurt no uh, everyone on, on any be, side um be fine so it was it was all thankfully yes yeah it's not a system that we ever really want to test in a car no is the uh, sos system and, and you see it fitted to most modern cars now mm. um but it's nice to know that it it worked. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that came out of it was um, that, so when they took our long term back, they lent us a uh, the lower spec petrol version of our car, basically. So it was petrol? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, had, I think I had it for a couple of days and I don't think I needed to fill up. <laughs> but I probably still had it in my head that it was Sounds like a good anyway. job. No, it was, it was, yeah, so it was uh, the lower spec uh, petrol. So I think 230 brake horsepower is 290. And it was really good, actually. So it's about oh, 12, possibly 13,000 pounds cheaper. So a good chunk cheaper than ours. Um, and to be honest, didn't really sort of... so. It, it's not as quick, fair enough. Yeah. But and the screen in the middle was smaller, but actually made more sense because you get the buttons down the side for yeah. the shortcuts as opposed to having to do everything through the screen. In the the heated seat buttons down there that yeah. you think they're actually heated seat buttons in the, the lower spec one as well. And what, you get the smaller wheels. What is on the Discovery Sport that we have? So they're still heated seat buttons, but you have to, you press it and then you have to go up there to oh, yeah. um, do the do it on the screen. Button, so. Yeah. Um, it has slightly smaller wheels, so the rides actually felt slightly more in tune with the the car and yeah to be honest i thought that was that was quite sort of it was nice knowing you could get you don't have to spend the fifty thousand pounds of our yeah. top of the range one to actually still get a car that is yeah very very good and mm. basically gives you everything that that one gives you i think so um doesn't look quite as good admittedly but, uh, but no i did i did really like the red of our disco and i was very glad to you see you don't get those, those front um yeah. bumper sort of changes that you get on our one as well but anyway i just thought that was worth mentioning as well well there you go as far as long-term testing is concerned it now literally has been tested <laughs> through its full range of capabilities including those which we hope none of you ever have to but yes. it's nice to know that it it handled it like a champ um if you have any ideas of kind of cars that you would like us to do long-term tests on let us know and we'll see if we can get hold of one and and not crash it but no. everything else about having it uh, long-term, let us know on Twitter, at Carfection, or in the comments below on YouTube. But I think with that long-term update, I think it brought us to the end of the episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. If you're watching this indeed on YouTube or if you're listening, thank you so much for being subscribed to the podcast. It's a very new thing for us. We're very grateful to have every single one of you. Twitter, at Carfection. Instagram, at Carfection Films, for staying up to date with absolutely everything we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And remember to be subscribed to the YouTube channel and hit that bell icon. It really, really helps us keep you up to date and helps us build the channel and get the message out to as many people as possible. But without anything else to add from me, it's goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Sure.